0: From the Sydney Morning Herald, Adam Pengilly, good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, Loz. Morning, Block. Uh, now, in your times across the game, have you come into contact with Paul Green at all? Yeah, I wouldn't say I knew him really well, Gerard, but obviously I've come across paths uh, over the course of the years, and w- what a tragic loss it was yesterday. I'm still stunned and coming to terms with the news that came through yesterday. When I first saw it, I just couldn't quite believe it, just quite... Quite remarkable and so sad. He feel desperately sorry for his family, his kids in particular. Um, and I just want to echo the sentiments you guys spoke about a little bit earlier this morning. If you need to speak to someone, please speak up. Put your hand up and speak. It's. I saw Gus Warren on the halftime on the coverage from Channel 9 last night. He was so passionate about uh, spreading his message about mental fitness and, and saying this is a tipping point for Australia as a country. We need to speak up. And um, just l- listening to you guys this morning about some of your recollections of Greeny, obviously that iconic vision, Jared, of him banging on the glass. After they won that grand final in 2015, it was, it was just so great to watch. But I, like you, Jared, I always remember the 2017 run, run to the grand final. because mm. they, they shouldn't have even made the finals that year. Uh, the Dragons botched it on the last That's day of right. the season against the Bulldogs. Mm. I think the Cowboys boys were preparing for Mad Monday, weren't they? they were getting ready to go to Mad Monday because so I thought yeah. they were out. And then, obviously, the Dragons couldn't beat the Bulldogs. And they went on that fairytale run to the grand final. And uh, Michael Morgan and Jason Tamalala were just out of that, out of this world for, the, for that month of football. And... I remember going up to Townsville for the week to cover the Cowboys for a few days up there before the grand final and it was just such a great vibe and a great place to be around. You just see what a great coach he was and how much the players respected him and, and, and the work he'd done for that club. And the Cowboys had always been a team that's sort of been threatening to to be a, a genuine sort of premiership force. And I think when Paul Green arrived in Townsville, that was their real arrival, wasn't it, really? For that four or five years when he was up there, that was such a extraordinary team. And I know the circumstances that finished him weren't great the last couple of years, but he'll ever forever be Remember, as the guy that led them to their first premiership and, and probably, arguably, outside of JT, probably one of the most influential people in the franchise's history. Mate, what did you make uh, of last night's game, uh, Melbourne uh, and Penrith? Yeah, Melbourne were great, weren't they, Blocky, uh, They were fantastic. I, listen, these two teams have played each other twice this year and I don't think we've learned anything at all virtually. They had that game in Magic Round where Melbourne had a lot of guys out and they were severely understrength and Pen- Penrith taught them a lesson. And again last night, I know that Melbourne had a couple of guys out in... We're not going to see Puppenhausen for the rest of the year, but Penrith were clearly uh, worse affected by injuries and suspension. And I thought Penrith had their chance in the second half. didn't they had plenty of ball down Melbourne's end, but just like that cutting edge, didn't they? With with the, without Cleary and Luai and Lua in the halves there. And to me, Laws in particular, I thought they tried to go around Melbourne too much there yesterday, and just tried to get it, tried to beat them on the edges, and that just played into Melbourne's sliding defence. So. I don't think we can use that game as a great form reference towards the finals, even though we're only three or four weeks out from the finals. There's just too many players out for Penrith. And uh, no doubt when they get a lot of their big guns back, they'll be much better come the finals. I thought James Fisher-Harris was a huge loss for them as well there. Yes, they just go to show... Uh, how important he is for their, their setup. up Without him, I have got that luck maybe just a little bit of
1: punch through the middle too. Yeah, and also Dylan Edwards. I think the late withdrawal of Dylan Edwards mm. uh, affected them. But I, I think you're right there. I, I think if they don't suffer too many injuries, Penrith, along the way between now and the grand final or semi-finals, mm. I think they will be okay. It
0: might be one of those seasons this year, Loz, that the, the healthiest team on the day, you well, know, you've got to get there. Yeah, we've you've seen got to be healthy before. once you get there.
1: Yeah, we've seen it before. And I, I mentioned this on the Matty John show last night. Um, in, in 1993, the Raiders were travelling so well throughout the season. We were humming, we'd just beaten mm-hmm. Parramatta 60 odd four or whatever it was. Week before the semi final, Ricky Stewart broke his ankle. Out mm. for the rest of the year, we bounced straight out of the semi finals. We lost both of our semis and we were out. And we thought we had the best opportunity to win a grand final. Mm. But unfortunately, injuries just played a part. Mm. And, and and it and it can happen at the wrong moment. Mm. So for me, that's the only thing I can see stopping Penrith. If they're fit and they're healthy, fit and healthy I, yeah. I, I think they win. Now, Adam, I, I keep reading and hearing that Des is under pressure at Manly, but he, he's still got next year to go, hasn't he? He does, yeah, he does. boss. but what? What? So why? He, Obviously, there was a, a trigger in his contract if he made the finals. He'd get an extension. But surely, if he produces next year, everything's rosy? Or is he seriously under pressure because they think he wields too much control
0: there? Oh, there's probably a, a little bit of that at play, Lars, But I just I, I just can't get my head around this. I, I really can't. Like, I think Dez has done a, a pretty good job since he came back to Manly a few years ago. We know how good they were last year when Tommy was on the park for the whole season. They were, were 80 minutes away from a grand final. and Yes, this year they probably haven't quite reached the standard they wanted to reach and no doubt Tom's injury uh, just before the start of the State of, State of Origin series being ruled out for the rest of the has had a massive impact and I don't want to bring it up again but that, that rainbow jersey debacle a couple of weeks ago was, I think is pretty much cruel death. season. I know there's still a mathematical chance of making the finals if they beat the Titans on the weekend, they're, they're still in the fight but I just I can't understand him being under as much pressure as what, what the talk is up there in the Northern Beaches. I, I think Des has done a, a pretty good job. He deserves another chance. And obviously next year, he's still under contract next year. But he's got one of those contract laws where all these different triggers are in place, where if he makes the finals, he gets an extra year on top of that. And this year, obviously, at, at, at this stage, it looks like he won't make the finals. But who... I know there's a few coaches on the market, but Dez is just synonymous with Manly, isn't he? He's well-respected by the playing group up there. Um, I would have thought, you still going to be there beyond 2023. Could you imagine doing a contract negotiation with, uh, with Des with <laughs> that's, that's a wild block. Oh, wouldn't be straightforward, would it? I, I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah, no. It, it, no. There'd be no
1: sign here. <laughs> uh,
0: ben Hunt, what's the latest with his well, looming deal at the Dragons. Yeah, well, the Dragons I really want to press this forward, Jared, and try and to try and get it done in the next few weeks, obviously. He, he's a guy who, let's be honest, he's almost carried that team the last couple of years, hasn't he? He's been clearly their best player. And without him this year, they were, I know they're pretty much almost out of the final spot at the moment. Without him, they wouldn't even be close to it uh, this year. So... Uh, Ryan Webb's got a chance to try and nail down that deal in the next few weeks. But there's going to be repercussions, uh, whichever way it goes, because they're going to lose probably one of the young, talented playmakers, Jaden Sullivan, if Ben Hunt does re-sign at the Dragons for another couple of years. And you can't blame the club for wanting to re-sign him. But Jaden Sullivan's been touted as one of these really promising prospects for a number of years. And now he's had a lot of injuries. He's battled hamstring problems. Hasn't quite probably got the time in the NRL that he's wanted. And i found... I don't know if you guys heard Ben Hunt's comments yesterday saying that obviously he wants to stay at the club, but he also gave a very strong indication that he wants Anthony Griffin to be the coach, and that's going to sway his decision. So with a lot of talk about the future of Anthony Griffin at the moment, if the Dragons sort of bomb out really badly in these last months of the season and say they don't win another game, which I don't think they will, I think they'll probably win a couple of games for the end of the season, then there's going to be a really a lot of pressure on Anthony Griffin to try and maintain his job for next year. And that potentially could have implications for Ben Hunt's contract situation. So... We'll wait and see how this plays out, but no doubt it's going to be a very fascinating few weeks down there at Cogra and and Wollongong for the Dragons. Find us a winner tomorrow, please. Yeah, trying to find a couple, Jared Race four number five, Catelyn is my best bet on the program. I'm a little bit surprised she's not favourite. She's a, she's a done fresh mare. We know that in the past. Uh, she got, she's got class on her side. She was great in her only start last preparation in a listed race behind in the boat. I know conscripts uh, come up favourite in this race. I think the market might switch around close to the jump time. So... I think from the one trial, got off and got it ready to go. So that's race four, number five, Catalan is the best on the program. And the best value is race six, number two, no compromise. Uh, Going against a little bit uh, against Ali uh, earlier this morning, uh, this horse, obviously, his best forms over further. But first up, last preparation, he was great in the Carrington Stakes, over 1,400 metres. I've loved his little soft trial. He was National Wheeler on board. I think he ran a really cheeky race fresh at double-figure price. So that's race four, number five, Catalan, the best on the program, and race six, number two, no compromise, the best value there at Rose Hill. Okay, three thirty for Catalan, thirteen dollars, no compromise. Mate, you have a good day and a good weekend. Enjoy the weekend, boys, and we'll uh, we'll chat on Monday.